This is the Context Podcast, sponsored by Geist Interactive. I'm your host. Wait, who's that at my door? Hey, 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 how's it going? Ah, ah. Hey, what are you doing? Hey. Welcome to the Context Podcast. I am your guest host, Josh Ormond. Wait, who approved this? Wait a minute. Josh, what are you Wait, doing? <laughs> did I get that wrong? No. <laughs> your, your, your guest, you're hosting today? Is that the deal? Sure. Let's let's do that. I think we've talked about it in the past. I think we can pull it off. Okay. Yeah, this 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 is going to be fun. I, I usually am the one who asks all the questions and just get to sit and listen to people talk. So... It'll be fun to to reverse that, right? Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, um, how how you? Oh, wait. No, I can't ask questions. <laughs> Sorry. Go yeah, yeah. that's my job. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so, Jeremy, how have you been? Oh, <laughs> I have been good. Um, this quarantine is it's not a whole lot different than my life right now because I have three dogs. I have stay home. I don't know many people here in Florida, so it's like I don't get out too much, but I do miss Disney and all the world knows that, I think. So it makes me yeah. sad, but uh, I'm kind of getting used to not going to Disney. You know, that's sad. Yeah. So well, other we, than that, we don't have it. The best thing yeah. we have up here is Darien Lake and that's uh, and Seabreeze. So they're, <laughs> they're kind of small. So. Well, I, I specifically moved to Florida so I could be close to Walt Disney World, and <clears throat> now I can't go. So um, yeah, but no, I've been do- I've been doing good, just working hard and and uh, playing with JavaScript and React and um, yeah, trying to get these podcasts out too. So lots going yeah. on. Sounds like a lot of work to me. Yep. So uh, I know one of the things that we talked about, uh, you know, in the past, and something that you wanted to talk about was basically like, how did you get into FileMaker? I mean. You've asked everybody else that question. So like, how did you get in there? Yeah, I, I feel like it's an interesting topic because we all come from a place where we were not in FileMaker one day and then suddenly we got into it, right? We uh, somehow it, it, we stumbled into it. I, that's, the, that's the phrase that I use is we stumble into it. I don't know very many people who purposely chose it. So let me try to explain this. I was a teacher. I taught for 15 years total, but uh, about my 12th year of teaching, I stumbled into FileMaker. My school at the time uh, had a student information system that only the principal used. He had to print paychecks each week for each kid in the school and distribute them among homeroom teachers. So he did that and I saw it one day and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Maybe I should take that. So we kind of worked it out. It was hosted up on a server and I started to, that was FileMaker 9, started to try to understand what to do with FileMaker. It, the, 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 the system that he had built, I think he built it or somebody else in the school, some tech person, it was just for one thing, to print these paychecks. It had no other connection to teachers. And I, because I was a teacher and because suddenly I was interested in this platform, I realized, you know, I could I could develop this and make it work for teachers. So I spent three or four years that I was teaching there. Um, I was also developing in the FileMaker uh, system, making it for the teachers, right? I, I knew what a teacher needed, <laughs> reports, needed a place to enter. Um, we call them paycheck deductions or GANAS or, or paycheck additions. Um, we used to email the entire school, the other teachers saying, you know, here are the students that need to stay after school. And I worked it out so that they could, uh, enter it into the system. And then the office staff could print the list each uh, day and call parents and let the parents know. And then homeroom teachers could print their lists and, and send the kids who were on their list to to the tension. So it was a uh, sort of a homegrown process because I was both a user and a developer. That's, that's kind of a unique story, I think, because I built it for me. I built it for the people 
who I was, you know, serving alongside. So that's pretty much how I got a problem maker. Yeah. Being, being a problem solver is really good when you're solving your own problems. Exactly. And I, yeah, I mean, and, and because FileMaker, you know, is one of its strengths is you start from scratch and that's also a weakness for sure. Um, we were able to design it exactly how we needed. Like I mentioned Ghanas earlier, that was a sort of a, a philosophy we had in there and we had certain, um, character traits that we considered Ghanas like grit and, um, uh, compassion and those kinds of things. And when we saw students doing those things, we could give them a point in that. And then at the end of the week, we could print out how many times the students show Ganas in grit, for example. So these were all problems that I was trying to solve for me. And it turned out to work for a hundred teachers over three different schools. Awesome. So, so how long between then and your first DevCon? Did you go to your first DevCon while you were still working at the school or did that come later? I, it, I, my first DevCon was in 2012. I convinced them to, that my school to pay for half <laughs> of the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good, but uh, it was 2012 in Miami Beach and it was amazing. So I was still working there and I, I was able to go over the summer, which was kind of a bad time because right when DevCon was happening was when the times that we were supposed to be coming back to school, but they were able to let me go and um, and yeah. So I know one of the other things you've talked about a lot uh, on some of your episodes with other people are are these concepts of FileMaker. So why do you advocate so much for these concepts? Because I know I've heard you talk about it in other venues also. Yeah, so I feel like I understand FileMaker because I finally understand the concepts behind it. Not only the, the FileMaker platform itself, but like database structure, programming a little bit and so forth. So when I first... I mean, let me back up a bit. I started taking the FileMaker certification test in 2013 and I failed three times. I took it like in the same calendar year and I failed all three times. And I think it was because I was still working, you know, trying to learn these techniques and I was still trying to, uh, you know, get specific answers for the test and, and try to memorize all this stuff. But when I first started passing it, uh, I think it was my first time when I was at, uh, Slime Consulting, I uh, realized that it's not, to me, it's not about getting the exact answers and knowing the exact answers. It's knowing how FileMaker works, which to me turns into concepts. Also, as a teacher of 15 years, mostly teaching math, I was really interested in helping my students learn the concepts behind math, Um, not just a technique, not just an algorithm, but actually why math works. And every the beginning of every school year, I would always tell the students, there are people my age who think they can't do math. And I disagree. I, that may be true for them, but it's math is actually really, you know, you can, you can do it. We are mathematicians. We have a brain that processes patterns and, you know, uh, procedures. So if we learn the patterns in math, if we learn the concepts, then we can become a mathematician. So I would always teach conceptually. I would teach division conceptually. I taught multiplication conceptually. I taught numbers conceptually. Can you believe people really, (laughs) when you think about it, people say, carry the one when they're adding. That is the absolute display of absolutely not knowing the the concept behind adding, in my opinion. Um, It's not about adding, carrying a one. It's about adding a 10 to the, to the, the, the totals. <laughs> so I felt like concepts were important as I am learning JavaScript and react. I see that I do better when I learn concepts and I know it's just me right now, you know, who, who likes concepts, but I still feel like concepts help us to understand the, the platform, it helps us to understand something and then we can get specific from there and, and we can understand um, more about it. Going back to the FileMaker test, if you understand the concepts of relationships, you can answer that relationship question that's there. No matter how they move the table occurrences around or change the words on the, in the options, if you can look at the, the relationship graph that they, that, that's in the picture, you can 
answer the question, or at least you have a better chance of getting the question right. So that's why I, I advocate for concepts. I think that techniques can come out of concepts, and I think you'll have a better understanding of a technique if you know a concept behind it. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I know I didn't take my first certification test until much later, but yeah, knowing the concepts allowed me to focus on the technical things that are in the test without trying to remember how it actually works. So yeah, you're 100% right. Yeah, you. It's it's kind of silly, but I feel like you can get a feel for what the best um, technique is to use if you understand the concepts behind it. Like, you know, <laughs> in my pre-conceptual stage, I would hear the debate raging about using um, stored... Uh, calculation fields or not calculation fields, you know, and I used to use tons of calculation fields and they were, and they slowed down my, my system horribly. And then I stopped using them at all. And that actually introduced a layer of complexity because everything had to be done in scripts. And now I've kind of get, I've gotten the concept down of how and when to use them. And so I can pick the best method. It, it, to me, it's very a fuzzy feeling, but it's, it's a gut feeling basically. Once you understand a concept, you have a gut feeling of what to do next or how to answer a question. Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. I, there's so many times where I don't always know exactly why I know the answer. I just know that I do. And Yeah. yeah. Great. You can always test it, but your first thought, the stuff that comes out of your head right away, is likely to be correct. When we're answering questions on the forums, I'm sure this happens to you, but you see the question, you immediately can feel the answer <laughs> and you can write out the, your theory, your, your response, and then make sure you test it, see if it's right. But because you know the concepts, your, your brain spurt, <laughs> whatever stuff that comes out right away is likely to be the correct answer. Right. That first instinct, instinctual response. Yeah. I, I usually figure out that I, I really understand a concept well when I can take the question and give the answer back kind of in a joke. And usually the joke involves cake of some kind, but that's just the way I work. <laughs> so your so your your concepts around FileMaker center around cake. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. That's, that's a good that's a good centering. In fact, when I first started at the place where I work now, uh, the framework that they used for the website is called Cake PHP. <laughs> I'm, I'm not advocating for that because it's it's actually a little terrible, but uh, I just thought it was funny it was named Cake. You know, another another reason why concepts are good is because people can understand concepts. It's a it's it, concepts should be able to be drilled down to one or two or three sentences. And you can read those sentences and you can you can full, uh, ingest the meaning. Whereas if you were technique based only, there's a lifetime of learning techniques. And yeah, it'll take you 20 years to learn all of the techniques, but it does not take anyone 20 years to understand a concept in FileMaker. That's actually really quick. It's applying it that takes some time, but the concept is the base of it. And from there, you, you can say that you understand FileMaker if you, if you get those concepts. Today's episode is brought to you by FM Perception. You're working hard and in the zone, writing scripts, defining schema, and building layouts. You stumble on a calculated field you didn't remember defining. Where is it used? Can you delete it? What did your past self intend to do with this field? Well, without breaking your momentum or thought stream, you can turn to FM Perception to tell exactly where that field is used in scripts, on layouts, or in a calculation somewhere. You can find out if it is safe to delete or whether it should be kept. FM Perception is the only real-time developer intelligence tool for FileMaker developers. FM Perception exposes every detail of your FileMaker database structure. You can find out where fields are used, where scripts are used. You can discover every place any script step or any function, including execute SQL, is used throughout your system. And you can easily see broken references. FM Perception also gives you insight into areas of your system that are a little bit more tricky to find and discover. For example, you can see areas of indirection, all the places you use global variables and those names, and even index indicators, those fields that are indexed intentionally or otherwise. 
FM perception's power is in its speed. You don't need to stop and wait for an import to happen before you can get the answers to your FileMaker questions. Simply run an XML database design report and open that report in FM Perception. Download the 14-day trial of FM Perception and experience yourself real-time developer intelligence. Yep. So let me ask you this. What do you think for you was the most important concept that really opened your eyes as a developer? Hmm. Let's see here. Don't you love those unscripted questions? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's um well, there's always people in my in my filemaker life that use the word it depends. You know, if I ask them a yes uh, uh this or that kind of question, they say it depends. So I'm a very black and white kind of guy. And, I, you know, again, being a teacher, I, we followed routines, we followed procedures, and that's, there's really no wiggle room. So one of the important concepts for me is to know that there's a lot of possibilities out there. Um, certainly here at Geist Interactive, transactions have like rocked my world as far as creating records and and handling that the the record life cycle to me is a foundational concept that it 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 helps me understand all of the problems all of the bugs that um that i introduced <laughs> into the system when i was a when i was teaching and and doing filemaker development so i guess those three are very important to me yeah yeah i understand that the transaction one is a big one because i think when I started using transactions more and I really understood that life cycle better, mm -hmm. um, that's really when a lot of those mystery problems in my code started to go away. Yeah. So yeah, good one. Exactly. They knowing the concept and building that building your scripting and your structure around that is vital to take out to to prevent a lot of bugs from happening. That's another good reason. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. That's a pretty full topic there. So I know one of the other things, Jeremy, that you talk about as far as concepts uh, kind of centers around JavaScript. So why don't you tell us what's been your journey like learning JavaScript? Why do you think we should even learn JavaScript at all with FileMaker? I know you've talked a little bit about it in other episodes, but really, what's the importance? What helps us as developers? Well, I think, you know, this this goes back to my gung-ho-ness where I learned something and I'm so excited about it you know, and want to use it everywhere. Um, certainly when I started learning JavaScript, that was the case. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm learning this, which means pretty much anybody can learn this, which means we all should learn this. That was kind of my mentality. But, um, and, you know, when I started learning JavaScript, so let me let me back up and explain my my JavaScript journey here. So, when I was uh, at Salient Consulting, I was, you know, bored one day, didn't have much project work to do at the moment. And I had actually done a few Google Maps integrations and I looked at them and all my code was like really messy. And it was, I was not using any sort of pattern, any sort of organization. And the, I didn't understand what I was doing, right? I was able to just like copy and paste from something else, but I really didn't understand what I was doing. So this boredom came to me, this, this lull and some project work came to me and I said, all right, I'm going to just turn my back on server and encryption and deployment and, and uh, file access and, and all this other stuff that I need to learn. And I'm just going to focus on JavaScript for a little bit, a little bit. So I think it was like October of 2016 that I sat down on my computer and I, I first started doing a, a really in-depth study of, of JavaScript and trying to understand how to use it in FileMaker. Uh, because I think there's definitely, there's definitely two levels of learning JavaScript. One, you learn the, the full JavaScript for, to build websites and build apps and all this stuff. And then a FileMaker developer doesn't need to get up there. So a FileMaker, there's a FileMaker level of learning JavaScript. So I was interested in what do FileMaker developers need to know? What do I need to know, basically? So I sat down and I started working on that um, web viewer integrations file and uh, just taking the idea that there's libraries in JavaScript. 
So I'm going to use fields to replicate libraries. I'm going to merge them in as they would be merged in, uh, in a, in a web page. And I started to develop my patterns around how to store it, um, for one and use it along the way. I was trying to understand JavaScript, trying to learn how it worked. Like, you know, there's certain rules that are, or just, you have to place certain files or certain functions in, in certain areas you have to, it basically is an order of operations kind of language, um, where you can't use something before it's declared. You can't, um, get to a div element on the web page before you have introduced the, the div element itself. So I was, I was playing with all that stuff. And, um, so, along you're, so the way, you're talking about your own like organization. So it's easy yeah. for you to find that stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and so and along the way I was I was thinking about how could this be useful in FileMaker. Um a long time ago before I joined Salient, I was I wrote a post on the forums, what can you do with the web viewer? And I got a lot of great responses because I was interested in what does this object do. So in the back of my head, while I was trying to learn JavaScript, I was thinking, what are the what are you, what's useful for a FileMaker developer? So I found data tables and I found a date picker and I found a Google maps and I found a, oh, a color picker and all this stuff and put it into this one file. Um, so that was the beginning of my journey. And, um, it actually, you know, it took off and it did pretty well. It was, it was a good first attempt. Um, but that was, that was my basic journey. Then I joined, um, Geist Interactive and Todd just like threw me into JavaScript and said, you're going to build some products that have React and, and JavaScript in it, and you are going to, um, try to get this. So I have been taking courses and I have been reading a ton of books on JavaScript. One of my favorite authors is, um, Douglas Crockford about JavaScript. He actually invented, um, JSON, which we all know and love. I love his take on JavaScript. And so, yeah, I just, I read all the time about the language. I, I, I have the ES, what is it? The JavaScript, the definitive guidebook sitting right here that I always, I look up functions and I look up the concepts of, of, of the language. So that's, that's kind of in a nutshell, my journey. Um, I think it's important for FileMaker developers to learn because it's a tool that we can use. Um, just like we can learn how to use ODBC and connect to SQL databases, just like we can now use insert from URL. It's, it's really just another tool. Um, but <laughs> this tool to me provides a lot of functionality for little efforts. And I know we're always looking for that magic bullet. We're looking for the biggest bang for our buck. So a JavaScript library that allows me to pick a range of dates is amazing and it doesn't take that long to set up especially you know with my file or with other frameworks that are now out there a chart doesn't take that long to set up and it's a it's it provides a lot more functionality than what we have now so it is a tool and it's it's worth it and you know then i met todd and we started talking about javascript and you know he says every day this is the world runs on JavaScript. The, the web world runs on JavaScript. So it's a good, it's a good thing to learn. Um, so it's a good investment in my time. So, and I'm always liking, I I'm always learning. I'm always enjoying learning. So I just think if, if a FileMaker developer needs something that only JavaScript can provide or that JavaScript can provide with many more features and less development time, they should jump on that kind of stuff. So, and we're kind of seeing that now, right? We're seeing people really get into the JavaScript space here in FileMaker world. Oh, absolutely. I know even for like myself, uh, my boss uh, and colleague, he laughs at me often about how ridiculous I've gotten with data tables integrations and like little like widget tool things that I use for myself. Uh-huh. And that all, it all started because of me, right? It absolutely did. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm not the first person to talk about this. I, in fact, when I spoke at DevCon the first time in 2017, I listed about 20 people from whom I learned a lot and read all of their stuff and, and got, um, 
got started on this. So there's been people advocating for it. I just think the time was, the time is right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think too, the, the web viewer library that you started with, uh, had so many examples in it, I think probably opened a lot of eyes as to what, what simple things could make our development better and easier. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that is to say, I mean, I don't use it all the time. Uh, well, kind of now I do because <laughs> that's what I'm working on for a client. I'm working on a um, dashboard. I have, I've actually developed like six dashboards for them. Each of the, each of those different dashboards pull from a different part of their system. And the dashboard contains about 15 to 25 charts and summaries of data in like a data tables thing. So yeah, I'm kind of using it all the time now, but um, I have tempered down a little bit. If, if a list view is fine for you, then use a list view, <laughs> but if data tables can help you, then use data tables. Nice. Just be open to it, right? That's that's all. <laughs> Absolutely. Very good. So what are, like, we talked a little bit about concepts of FileMaker, but what are some of the, like, basic things that you think people need to learn in FileMaker nowadays? Like, things that, if they kind of learn them up front, will really help their development and their use of FileMaker? Obviously, relationships, relational databases, relational concepts are key to this. To key, key to this, um, to me, scripting is fairly straightforward. Yes, it takes time to learn the different functions, but I, I actually think that can be. Um, I think that you could pick the right functions based on the workflow that you're trying to solve. Um, it is helpful to know what's out there, but you don't. Yeah, so. Definitely the relationship idea. You need to know all about primary keys and, and in the types of relationships and so forth because that sets up the structure really well. I think in this day and age, you need to learn about APIs and how to work with them. You certainly need to learn about JSON. I don't think that any of that stuff is a advanced user skill. I think that that's vital to... I mean, the people that I've talked with have proven this, right? They have been in FileMaker only a few years, but they picked the platform because it can connect to other services. Um, and that was before we had Claris Connect and even Claris Connect at the moment, you know, has a finite number, but there's millions of APIs out there or thousands or whatever that you can connect to with FileMaker now. So um, those are some of the big things that I would I would focus on with a, with a developer. I, I think scripting is important for sure. <laughs> Um, layout design. I like the idea of workflow-based design that Alexis Allen has talked about and, and, and others have talked about. I think scripting just comes, it comes to you, uh, knowing what functions to use. You know, even now, man, I, I still sometimes Google how to do a certain problem in FileMaker, or I do that in JavaScript all the time. If I need to, you know, get the first value of, a, of an array, I still have to Google that. I don't have it memorized. I still Google it and I find the function and I write it into my code and I move on. So to me, scripting and knowing all the functions is probably 10th or 20th on the list. So are there concepts or techniques that you think people should spend some time, even if they're a little more advanced, that people should work on and learn because it'll help them so much in their development? You know, I'm thinking of things like uh, virtual list, for example. Yeah, I mean, I, I advocate for people to learn that sooner rather than later. I don't think it's a skill that's that's um, needs to be, you know, in your 10th year of, of development. I think security is a huge one that I've said on many episodes <laughs> doesn't get its due soon enough, doesn't get talked about soon enough. And that's... That's a that's actually can be really problematic if you don't have the proper security model, and you're trying to. De- I didn't when I was a teacher man and I was developing. I did not have the the proper security model, right? I people had access to everything in the database, and that was not the right thing to do. So that has to be taught at the beginning. And security will help them a long ways because they will not have to go back and try to retrofit any security model into their their system yeah you and me both i mean i've done the try to do the retrofit thing and it's hard and you know you know i agree with you about security 
So those are those are some those are some big ideas that are important. And again, you insert from URL, connecting with, working with APIs. Those are all those will get you a long way. JSON will get you a long way. I think I picked the question that you asked previously. I picked those things that are the most impactful um, for us right now. I again, I still think calculations are important, like being able to get the fourth e out of a sentence or know its position but that's not really something you should spend your time exploring and playing with you just look up the function experiment with it a little bit write it into your calculation and move on um all right so jeremy tell me about some of the lessons that you've learned from working at places like saliant and working at guys interactive That's how uh, you're opening up a can of worms there, Josh. That's uh, <laughs> it's quite a quite a question. Um, so let's see here. I joined Salient Consulting after being a teacher. I was not a professional FileMaker developer. Um, I was not. Uh, I don't. You know, looking back on it, I wasn't good in any way. Um, I, I've talked to Wim in the intervening years after I had left there. And he said, yeah, you know, there was something about you. You had, you had some promise. So I was, he was an advocate for me joining. So, and it was a good time. I actually was there for four years. Um, I learned, like you said, I, I learned a, a lot. Um, but it, I guess the first thing I really learned was just how to be a developer, uh, you know, working on your own with no support uh, with not knowing anybody in the community or anything, it's really hard. I, I, I it, for me, it was really hard to be, quote, a good developer. I, I don't know how it is now for people, one man shows on their own or in-house developers. And maybe you can speak to that in a bit. But um, it was, uh, man, I felt like I just didn't know FileMaker at all when I joined Saliant. Um, obviously, I learned... <laughs> when to use calculated fields and when to not. Um, I, I think I had mentioned previously that I um, was, loved using Execute SQL and I used it all the time in my teaching job slash FileMaker development job. And I was told in no uncircumstances to stop using it so much. Um, so that's a lesson that I learned. And, you know, actually, I, I very specifically recall people encouraging me to <laughs> make a decision because there's so many ways you can do things in FileMaker. You really can't spend lots of time debating the the technique you're going to use. You know, you, you just have to pick a, a, a way, pick a technique and go for it and see if it works. So I think that's a big lesson that I learned. Um, and of course I learned how to be in the community and how to, you know, talk, talk in the community, start to help out people, start to, um, you know, like my first speaking job at FileMaker DevCon was when I was at Saliant. So, oh, those were a lot of lessons. Um, and I, I, I truly value those. I really loved talking with, uh, Bob and Wim and, um, Steve Lane and all those people who who really guided me. Steve, I remember, spent a good half an hour trying to help me understand recursive recursive custom functions, and he drew a picture up on the on his whiteboard and and was trying to explain. I think I still have the picture around. I'll have to look. But um, then when I moved over to Geist Interactive, I think I learned um, to stop using Execute SQL at all. <laughs> so. In my last three jobs, I've gone from using it all the time to using it sometimes to using it very little of the time. Um, obviously, I'm not going to use it, uh, especially nowadays. I'm not going to use it just writing it out as a string. I'm going to use custom functions to pull in the field name and the table name and so forth. Um, I've Let's see, what else have I learned? I've learned... Um, Again, that idea of just picking a technique and being confident with it and going for it. And if it doesn't work out, you can always or hopefully, you know, backtrack and 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 fix the way. But I think I've also gained enough experience that I can pick the quote right technique or the um, the better idea at the at the right way. So I think those are some good lessons learned. Uh, you know, it's a it's a really good thing to work at a dev shop. Um, 
you know, I've been able to been very lucky to work at two FBA platinum partner shops. Um, a lot of people won't get that experience, but, uh, it was, it's been very good. Um, but let me ask you, you've been an in-house developer, right? So do you, I mean, you, you obviously feel confident in FileMaker. How do you do that in a, in a in-house development kind of way? Um, I, that's a good question. I mean, I, to be honest, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> from a from a lessons learned perspective, I mean, honestly, most of what I've learned has come from interactions related to the community. So whether it was okay. either something I was reading and then I went and tested, um, or it was you know in back channel conversation I had with somebody like Wim or Stephen Blackwell or. Uh, both and you know whoever happened it happened to be I know I've had I learned a lot and talked a lot with Daniel Wood uh, Wheatvix from Digital Fusion um, uh, guys on the FileMaker Today forums like uh, Kjo uh, who's a developer by it's named Michael um, <clears throat> so that's kind of where I started and learned I mean now it's I typically answer more questions than I ask them which I which I suppose is a good thing. I also have right now where I work, my um, my direct boss is also a FileMaker developer. So we can bounce ideas off each other during the day and talk through things. And that that is really helpful because sometimes you just, you get to those ledges where you're like, this feels so crazy and I don't know if I yeah. should be doing this. And you need somebody to either talk you off the ledge or push you over. I wish there was a way for people to work at a dev shop somehow Maybe I, there are many one person developer shops out there that have been very successful for sure. I just felt like I really figured out FileMaker after being able to work for them. So, um, you know, if, if you can be a, an in-house developer or a one person shop, that's great. And I, I'm amazed at that and I'm glad for that, but, uh, there's definitely some value in working for, um, a dev shop, working with a team of people for even just a small amount of time. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, that's where exposure sometimes is just, there's so much value in being exposed to other people's ideas and ways of thinking. Um, you yeah. know, even if you don't necessarily agree with them or adopt them, it may mm-hmm. change the way you develop. And like, that's the way things happen for me with, uh, with Daniel Wood. I mean, I may not have done it, especially then everything the way he did, I think probably I'm closer now to a lot of things he was doing then. Uh, however, it made me think differently, you know, and one of those people would ask a question or I would ask a question to somebody else. And sometimes the answer that I would get back was like, you have a copy of FileMaker, so, you know, go test it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if I were independently, <clears throat> independently wealthy, I would start a dev shop that just brings people on to help them learn FileMaker and then lets them go off and do their, their their in-house development. So anyway, what else you got for me, man? We've been here quite a while here. I, I'm getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned about using Execute SQL the other day on Twitter, and you just mentioned it again. So why don't you use it very much anymore? Mainly because Todd says not to, um, and I do what people tell me to do. No, I just, I you know, it's definitely some, there's definitely some good in it. I just know that there's other ways to get to the data that you would need from a, from an execute SQL. Um, I like hyperlist. There's a ton of different ways to return data from a found set from a, a, another uh, context. So I remember back in 2012, people were excited about using execute SQL to remove relationships, but you know, a well-designed system can have hundreds of relationships. And that's, that's not a, to me, that's not an indicator of amazingness when you can reduce the number of TOs on the graph rather, you know, does it, is it working? Is the workflow uh, successful for for people? So, you know, card windows, give me a found set now, hyperlist does um, uh, even just straight relationships I, I just don't, uh, I don't know. And it's really complicated to write. I was writing a simple one just for, to help someone in the, in the, uh, in the community. 
And I actually, it took me, <laughs> it took me a while to, to remember how to write these because it's just, I, I don't use them that often. Um, and it's just for those reasons, just because there are some performance hits, there are some gotchas, things you need to know. And they seem like, it seems like a magic bullet, but, um, it's really, it's there, you know, there's more involved than just solving all your problems getting data from anywhere. So do you use it quite a bit? Uh, not, a, not a ton. I, I think I've used it more recently just because we've been doing a lot of, in a new project that we're doing a lot of like UI stuff. And instead of adding to the hefty relationship graph already that's there just to get this one specific value, we'll use an execute SQL because it's a, it's a very, very simple query on the database like it's literally you match this product id and that's a good point this status like there's nothing else um, yep but for like real data things i don't use it i don't use it in field calculations at all mm. um if it ever gets used it's only in scripts and it's typically almost always ui driven stuff yeah i i mean hey to each their own but i know that i've just not i've just been able to get my data the other way other ways so haven't worried about it too much. Yeah, most of the time our stuff is, I mean, the reality is we have, most of the graph is already there, so we already have access to the data. Right, yeah. Sometimes these are like weird, we need to like filter something or we need to get specific values um, that are like three or four hops away, stuff like that. But it's still, again, it, it's rare for the most part. Uh, so tell us more about your work with the app that you built when you were teaching. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I was actually looking at it the other day. Um, and of course it's, it's, uh, in, it's, it's imprinted into my mind a hundred percent. I could open it up now and, and know exactly where it is. So I think I said earlier, I started, I built this app for, uh, one school, then it turned into three schools and it was built for teachers and, you know, it, it solved every teacher's problems at the expense of my, sanity. Um, I, I described it already, but uh, so I want to tell how I, I worked on it. For a couple of years, I was a full-time teacher and I was the database developer for one school. And that kept me busy. I was struggling with um, getting both of the, <laughs> the job requirements done at the same time. But I really enjoyed working on the FileMaker thing. The, the teaching thing actually was really easy. Um, didn't have to stress that too much. I could focus my energy on learning about FileMaker and, and, and coding it. So that was good. Um, but when I, when, uh, I got to the, um, the last year that I was there, I ended up being a halftime teacher and I was a halftime database developer. And at that point we, we scaled from one school to three schools, about a hundred teachers. And, um, that was insane because I was for an entire, well, it was only, let's see, how long was it? It was a full school year. I would get up at 3 a.m. I would develop on the database and fix bugs and add new features. And then at seven o'clock, I would get ready for school. I would rush to school, do my copying for all hundred of my, or for, 50 students that I was teaching at the time because that was half time. And then I would teach for four hours. And as soon as I was done, I would go, you know, to my other office, my other desk and in a, in a, in the administration building, and I would continue to develop. And then I would develop late in night, late at night till like, you know, 10 or 11. So I was really getting like five hours of sleep for an entire school year. Um, I got addicted to Red Bull and it was, it was, it was absolutely the worst. My spouse was concerned and, uh, you know, I was just, it was, it was awful for me. So, um, yeah, that was, that was the stressful life. I was basically doing two full-time jobs. And then, um, my last half year there, I was doing it full-time and, uh, working from home a couple of days a week, which is nice and then working in the office and again, fielding requests from teachers and principals and such. So we didn't have any formal project management, 
um, <laughs> in place. Um, we didn't use Jira or Basecamp or anything. We just used email and stopped by my office and asked me for a feature. And I've I've since learned that's another lesson learned. I, I've since learned you really need a tight <laughs> project management system in order to keep track of 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 tasks and to give the developer some breathing room, some space to <laughs> figure out what, what she's up to uh, and what, what features, you know, to work on next. So, yeah, I agree. You can, you can do it for so long, but then right. it, it really gets you later on. The, this, the teachers really liked it. And when I left, I supported it for the remaining part of the school year and then they let it go. But they were kind of upset that they couldn't use it anymore because it was designed specifically for them. So I feel successful. It it's horrible. The relationship graph looks awful. Um, <laughs> my scripting was horrible. I had a lot of calculated. I would I would have hate to run this through FM perception to see what it tells me about the system. But it worked, and the, the teachers liked it. So there we go. Yeah, it's kind of funny that you're looking. I was looking at my very first database also uh, last week, and I was uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was glad that I did also remember. I knew exactly where everything was and how it worked. And um, same thing, my relationship graphs was a mess because there was no value at the time for me to organize it, and they didn't really. Ha- I didn't really have any like functional <laughs> plan. <laughs> it was just kind of it grew organically over time as I ran into things. And it was like a, it's like an anchor buoy slash spider slash thunder <laughs> model. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think I said this earlier, but I was literally doing, I was putting portals on printed uh, reports. I was, um, I was creating calculations that were trying to, you know, were printed out on the same report. I was, I developed a bunch of charts in there. I, you know, I learned a lot, I actually, I, so one of the things was that the high school really wanted a summary report for the student, for each student in the school for, for the entire previous week. So uh, I developed this huge long script that would, that would summarize the data. And I actually thought early on, Hey, I need a summary table rather than trying to calculate all this stuff on the fly, you know, how many demerits and how many merits they had and how many, um, of each of the kinds of demerits they had and so forth. So I created a summary table. So it would process the summary table every day, like at every Friday at 5 p.m. And then the principal on Monday morning could print them out and deliver them. So I did learn something back then, but uh, it was tough. And, you know, I love I loved the work. I loved what I did. Um, and I'm sad I couldn't continue it. But, you know, it was it was a good learning experience. So do you want to tell us like what's your what are your thoughts about the community? What's your ideal arrangement? What things do you have on your mind about the FileMaker community? Well, the community is is a great place to learn. Should be a great place to learn FileMaker. Um, back in its back when it was the F what was it called the um, Tech Talk? It was Tech Talk. Yep. I think I joined the community back when it was Tech Talk. Do you know when that went away? By chance, Josh? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I would have thought I thought it was like in like 2009, 2010 range because I joined okay. like literally the month before it switched. <laughs> okay, so maybe I wasn't in Tech Talk, but I um, I learned a lot from <laughs> the people there. I was asking the the questions and displaying my ignorance, and people were helping me through that and and leading me towards, you know, understanding better. So to me, it's a, it's a place to get your questions answered, to get your hand held for just a little bit um, through a, a specific problem. It's not a place to be lectured about using the wrong data structure or using, you know, uh, too many calculated fields, unless that is the answer to the question. <laughs> Why is my database slow? How do I add, you know, do I need to copy this whole database for the next year in my it, it, year's worth of data? So um, it's a place to to get those. And it's a place to meet people, right? I met you. I met uh, actually everybody that I know I probably have met through the community, at least talked to them before. Uh, Big Tom, I only met him once and I've talked to him more 
through the community than <laughs> than in person. You you too, for that matter. So um, those are those are some good things. I, I would love to the community to be more active and thriving with with discussions and friendly debates going back and forth. But um, yeah, yeah. And as I said in a previous episode, I would love it for it to be a place where people can be unofficially or officially mentored throughout their career, having a place where people can call upon their mentor and ask them specific questions about this or that. So I, I strive hard to make the community a good place. And you and I have had conversations about, about that, but um, I don't like it when there's, you know, wars going on in the community that, that just pit people against each other. That's not how, a community is supposed to behave in my opinion. So, right. And the end result of that is that people go away and then they don't come back. Exactly. Yeah. There's, and I, I'll be honest, I was, I've been part of those. It's, it's easy to get caught up in those. Um, but it's maybe a little fun sometimes (laughs) (laughs) you would say that I, I get stressed about that for sure. (laughs) And, you know, back in the days when we could actually delete our posts, I would do that (laughs) once in a while. So, Um, it, yeah, it, the community just has to be a place where, where people can learn and and get to know each other. Um, yeah. So now this, this idea of phases of coding, do you want to talk about that? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm working on a blog post about that and hopefully I have that out there, but, um, there's a, uh, a video that I was listening to on JavaScript where the, one of the authors, one of the hosts talked about the phases of coding and, and the phases of coding go like this. Number one, um, I don't know a whole lot of, of techniques. As I learn new techniques, it's scary and really tough. And I probably code pretty inefficiently. I probably develop pretty inefficiently. Um, and you know, everybody is everybody starts there in a chosen platform. Uh, phase two would be something like. Um, Oh, I'm learning all these great techniques. I should use them everywhere I can. <laughs> Basically, I want to look clever with my code, and I want people to be impressed with the techniques that I'm using. Um, uh, and in the case of the clevers, <laughs> the case of the clevers, yeah. And you know, and, and I'm going to say in my blog post that that's not necessarily a bad phase to be in. You're still you're learning techniques and you're using them. Right. And it's okay to be in that phase for sure. And it, it could last 10 years to be in that phase for sure. I, I made it sound with my, the tone of my voice, I made it sound a little bit more like, you know, this is a bad phase, but again, it's one we go through and, and it's a legitimate place to be. Um, the third phase. And is, I, don't, I don't think you can actually get to phase three without hitting that phase. I mean, if you don't overuse your code, you don't learn when is a bad time to use it. And I'll be honest, I have had many people tell me my code is overkill because I was excited about a, a particular uh, technique. Can I tell you a secret about my technique to figure out if I overcomplicated something? Yes, what is it? So I, I save it into its own file. I rename it with the name of somebody I don't like. And then I open it up and look at it like I, it was their code. <laughs> And I usually, I usually find a lot of areas I can make things simpler. <laughs> that's a, that's a great technique. Um, okay. I'm adding that to the concepts to teach. Um, so, okay. So execute SQL. I, I didn't understand it. Couldn't use it for the first year or so. And then I finally got it. And so I started using it everywhere, man. I used it everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And uh, I, I used it for the most complex things. I built an entire report using, I think, one or two execute SQL statements. And the, the statements were 100 lines long, and they had execute SQL statements within execute SQL. It was ridiculous. And I finally, I, I finally got like chastised saying, stop using execute SQL so much. Um, so I actually, that was really helpful, and I, I pulled back. But that was part of my cleverness, right? I, I I wanted to use it because I I finally understood this complex uh, language, this complex structure. So that that would be my phase two good example. I didn't even talk about phase three. Phase three is you're simply um, you want your code to be 
be straightforward. You want it to look like it belongs in a beginner's book. You want it to be understood, easily read, and um, and that's phase three. And the, the the JavaScript guy, the guy who was talking about, he actually works at Google and develops the, the JavaScript there, the apps there. He said, it's taken me 20 years to get to stage three, to phase three. So uh, I assume I'm kind of somewhere around phase two and 45 hundredths, you know, somewhere around there. So, yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I kind of think in order to get to phase three, I think you have to have some level of peer review in your code. Yes. Because if you're left to your own <laughs> your own devices, <laughs> yep. if, if you're anything like me, like yeah, there's some things that get a little out of control. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, um, uh, code review is vital to moving you to a different stage. It could also be that you look at your code and go, "Oh my gosh, what?" You know, code review person could be your future self, right? You kind of mentioned that with a with the separate file, but if you look at it in in three weeks, and you were just like, "Oh my gosh, who wrote this?" Then you know that. You kind of are peer reviewing yourself there. Yeah. Or yesterday. <laughs> or, or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but <clears throat> those are great phases. And I think that, you know, every platform, actually, to me, any discipline kind of goes through those phases. When I was a teacher, I was always excited about the latest techniques and, and you know, making my students jump through hoops, literally and figuratively, to um, do things and by the time I was 15 years into it, I just wanted it to be easy for all of us, you know? So, so yeah, so I'm, I'm working on a blog post about it. I want to describe that and more, and then maybe suggest ways to move yourself in stages. What, what stage do you think you're in roughly? Oh, oh boy. One, I think, I think I'm getting to phase one. No, I, I'm definitely in like the, I would say the later half of phase two. I'm learning that all these things, I can't use them everywhere. Um, I don't know. It it depends. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely not in that stage where my code looks like it belongs in a beginner's book. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And because I'm now working in React and and, in JavaScript, I feel like I'm going back to stage one in a lot of my, and it doesn't really do good on your, your, your self-esteem or your, you know, your motivation because you, you know you can't solve this problem and you know that you're being inefficient. So it's, you know, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's disheartening to hear that. It's dar- disheartening to be in stage one all the time. But yeah, I know my boss and I talk a lot about that idea where, you know, it's kind of developer life, right? Where you're going to fail a thousand times before you succeed once. And then once yeah. you succeed, you kind of like move on to another problem where you're starting over again and you have to fail a lot. Like that's just, that's developer life. And yeah. And anybody who doesn't fail is not really learning, right? It's, you know, if you're, if you're always in stage three and everything you do, I mean, I guess that's oh, fine. Work. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So I think that's an interesting, it's worth, it's worth talking about and just talking about how to push yourself and how to push others from the different phases. Obviously we want to all be in phase three. Um, and I actually think that it, it depends on what part of the platform you're working in. If you're, if you're in security, you may be at stage one, you may not know everything about security and be really inefficient and not set it up. Like the other day I was for fun, for fun. I was setting up a, a server on AWS. I was trying to install a certificate that I bought and I was trying to get the elastic IP to work. And I was trying to then connect to FileMaker. And it took me six hours to do that, man. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely in stage one of any sort of deployment, <laughs> any sort of server. But, uh, you know, we have people here at Geist Interactive that can do that better than me. So that's okay. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of us are there with the AWS stuff. It can be a little tricky. Luckily, Mike Duncan was around uh give me some some pointers so thank you mike he's that's actually like the 10th time i've come to him for help he he actually helped me on my javascript journey um getting started i the first file that i ever opened was his that um is on the salient site that showed two examples of what you can do in javascript so mike is a real lifesaver there man 
Nice. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Well, it's been super great talking to you, Jeremy. Thank you. I uh, I'll make sure that I send my uh, my invoice to Todd. <laughs> for Sounds good. Uh, I feel like that in this in this day and age. Yeah. yeah no, no. no, you well, did. It's been you great. did great as a guest host. So. Um, All right. Well, but maybe don't we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, yeah, but don't 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 apply for this job at Geister Active. Right? I will I will definitely not apply for that job. That's for sure. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> it's tough being an interviewer, isn't it? It is. So, all right. Well, thank you, Josh. Uh, it was good talking with you. You too, man. Bye bye. Bye. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Contacts Podcast. I want to thank Josh Orman for stepping in today to be the guest host. I appreciated his questions, and I appreciated the chance to get to share my story. We all come into FileMaker from somewhere, and it's great to get those voices out there. If you're so inclined, please take a moment, just two or three minutes, to rate and review the Context Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also send us an email at support at geistinteractive.com, letting us know what you thought of any of the shows or give us suggestions for future topics. We always appreciate hearing from those that are listening, so please take some time and, and do one of those things. Until next week, remember, the Context Podcast is king.